Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 250th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm doing great Cameron. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, I've been listening to a lot of music lately. Really? Yeah. Would you say that listening to music is a hobby of yours? That's a great question. Um, would that be like a little elitist if I said yes? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out, basically. <clears throat> um, I would say like 75% yes. Yeah. So yes. Sure. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been interested in this specific time frame of music where like 50s, 1950s blues sort of turns into blues rock and like psychedelic rock and metal and stuff like that it's kind of a like little late 60s early 70s just sort of like little black sabbath maybe yes black sabbath uh oh who else um cream Mm. uh a lot of that type of stuff the beatles in there a little bit yeah you've you've been on a beatles kick for sure oh yeah that's awesome yeah the beatles kind of the Beatles, with their like blues influences, got my head spinning a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, got the wheels turning. Oh, they, there's something here. I never realized before how much the like classic blues has influenced like all of popular music in the United States. It's true. So I'm actually making a playlist that is like sort of all that area of that time frame of music. We're gonna need to get our hands on that. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, still working on it. That's what I've been doing. So yeah, that's what got me thinking like, I guess music, yeah, at this point, I would say music's a hobby. I would say that what you just described is very much sounds like a hobby to me. Yeah. You're taking it seriously. Yeah. I'm a serious music listener. You're exploring I don't don't mess around anymore. No. Listening to music, a great activity for when you have a one-year-old because (laughs) if if I try to watch anything I want to watch on TV, she says, TV off. She says, Mulan. (laughs) <laughs> like okay that's a great movie too you win yeah i agree great music on that yeah she's got good taste what can i say i choose what goes on the tv so you raised her right <laughs> all right so what are we talking about today uh the main thing we want to talk about is football recruiting there is a big visit weekend happening um we'll get into that a little bit later Uh, But that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to talk about NBA draft a little bit. Before we get into all that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Listen, uh, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. And of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Before we get to the football recruiting, the meat of the episode, uh, there's a thing going around on Twitter where, and uh, we talked about it in Discord, but you get 100 points to assign to your favorite teams like how would you describe this in order of yeah kind of allocate points to how much of a fan you are yeah how passionate you are about certain yeah. sports teams yeah and i kind of realized like uh some people in discord mentioned like st louis cardinals and i realized that like baseball i've talked about it before has fallen off the map so much for me that i would not give baseball a single point mm. at this time in my life where like maybe 10 years ago probably giving 
the Cardinals like 40 points maybe. It'd be like... Out of 100, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, kind of honestly, I, I, yeah, probably when I was a, a kid, I would have said Cardinals like 80 out of 100. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought maybe we could talk about that a little bit because uh, it's interesting to me how people decide between Mizzou football and Mizzou basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think I said in Discord like 42, 39, Mizzou basketball, 42, Mizzou football, 39, and then whatever was left I put on the Carolina Panthers. I was trying to do it like uh, objectively, like any given year, like not depending too much on how good the teams are or what time of the year it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I would be heavily influenced by maybe what time of the year it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, if the teams are good, that, that totally makes a difference. But I really couldn't decide. I went, I kind of, uh, I don't know. I guess I kind of wimped out on, uh, having a hot take, but I went just straight 40 and 40 for Mizzou football and Mizzou basketball. I just couldn't decide. Uh, and then I did 20 for the Chiefs. Um, however, we're getting to the time of year where it's like Mizzou football is pretty amplified in my mm-hmm. mind because it's just been a long, just devastatingly painful off season of nothingness. And I'm ready for some competition in my life, I'm ready to just see who trots out there. And you still co- got a ways to quarterback. go. And so, we have yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't want to get myself too excited because <laughs> we still have a lot of pain left before we get to, you know, the beginning of September. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, when it's like you know middle of July through beginning of September, Mizzou football is probably amped up to more like sixty or something in my mind. Well, and you brought up a good point: is like that doesn't exist for basketball because. Right you are just like locked in i'm on, already like satiated with all this other yes like the football content. season is happening and then basketball is just like oh yeah and here we are too yeah, it's like a okay nice bonus. even more yeah if it was the other way around then yeah just be uh that pain would be more associated with basketball mm-hmm. but i was also thinking about which team would be more fun to watch like achieve the highest uh possible or like the best season possible Mm. like which would mizzou football or mizzou basketball be more fun to watch win a national championship oh man i don't know it's like if you're just asking me if we're just watching the championship game right now i'd probably pick mizzou football Mm -hmm. i think that would be more meaningful to the university like financially which is a weird thing to say right off the bat is my first response but um, I think it would be more meaningful for like the larger scope of like fandom in sports, like, and, like that the would, future of the program. Yes, and, yeah. and that would just be really, really cool to see. But if you're talking about we get to watch the whole run happen, like uh, like a March Madness run, would be pretty hard to decline. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just I still just give a slight edge just from just the sports. I give a slight edge to basketball over football. Yeah, as far as my personal preference. And so watching my favorite basketball team go on a run like that in a single elimination tournament yeah. would be pretty incredible. Some serious adrenaline right there. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't really matter how you do it. Like if you're a top seed, if you're an underdog and you make a deep run in March Madness, it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. incredible. Not much tops that. And there's so many different ways you could do a, a football run, especially when they go to a 12 team playoff, but you're getting closer to that March Madness feeling. Right. Except you have buys and everything. Yeah. I mean, Missouri's, uh, you know, Elite Eight run in 
whatever that would have been, 2008 or 2009 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think that I would have been in middle school at the time. I think that was honestly one thing that really got me into Mizzou sports. I was already a kind of a casual fan, just obser- observing Missouri sports. But I think that was something that I would kind of raise my eyebrows like, oh, okay, wow, this is really, really fun to yeah. keep track of. Yeah, absolutely. That same exact situation for me where I knew about the team a little bit and then that run got me into it, got me interested in recruiting and all that that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really fun. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers winning the Super Bowl would be pretty incredible, but that doesn't really come close to the Mizzou teams, honestly. Uh, also, the NBA draft is happening right now. Leave us a comment uh, with your 100 points distributed amongst your various fandoms. Yeah, it can be as many teams as you want to f- squeeze in there. <clears throat> yeah i thought about the i cardinals. only have time for three i thought about giving like five to the cardinals but i decided it would just be simpler to not yeah. and i just really probably don't care that much right. in and comparison yeah i agree with you there uh so the first round of the nba draft is underway the spurs picked victor i'm not even gonna try to say his last name Sorry. i was kind of surprised you went there yeah i didn't mean to <laughs> uh brandon miller went second and uh this draft is gonna be is going to have a lot of Alabama and uh, Arkansas players in it. How Does that make you feel a certain way? No, I'm glad they're gone. Yeah. Um, there's something about, like, do, do you feel like with Dennis Gates, it, we're trying to, let me, let me start over. If you were an Arkansas or Alabama fan, do you recognize that your coach is kind of like uh, not... Do, do you kind of recognize that he's a little bit of a slime ball? And are you asking me if if I'm an Arkansas or Arkansas Alabama fan? and Alabama fans out there that exist in this actual world? If you're asking me, yes, I probably realize that. If you're asking most of their fans, they probably don't care. They probably don't. Probably not. So then you, Kyle, that was a very like egotistical like it, since you're like such an enlightened sports fan and you can like just really you know, understand the head coaches and like internalize all that. I hate myself for saying that. Um, Would you, would that make it harder for you to root for the team? Like with Dennis Gates, we kind of get the best of both worlds where like we think he's really got it together as a coach. Yeah. And just like so far spotless, clean record, does everything right. Um, no, because I'm a fan of the, of the, of the team and like, I want the best for the team and the coach, obviously I want to root for the coach. I want to be a fan of the coach, but you know, that's a temporary asset in like, I'm still going to be a fan well after the coach is gone. So I guess I would just say I would, I would be forced to have to just look the other way to some extent, unless it's like terrible things. If you're talking about Eric Musselman's like kind of annoying yeah, and he's just kind of a tool, then yes, obviously I can look the other way on something like that Yeah, to okay. just keep being a fan of my team. Yeah. So, wow. You're just really coming at this from an understanding approach. You can't even blame the fans of these programs that much. I don't know. But from the outside, it uh, doesn't mean I don't like it. It, it makes mean... it easier to hate them. Yes. As sure, an opposing exactly. fan. Exactly. Yeah. When I have and Dennis that's... Gates as my coach, then... And when it comes down to it, that's kind of all you really need is like, it's, it's actually more frustrating when the opposing rival or the other good teams in the conference have like a likable coach. Yeah. That's actually worse. Yeah. Okay. Give us somebody that we can hate. Yeah. I'm glad we figured that out. Uh, where's Kobe Brown going to be drafted? I don't know. Um, 
it's been all over the place. And I actually pulled up a tweet that kind of just erased everything that I thought even previously. But I was thinking maybe like mid second round, um, what, what that would be like 40 ish, mm-hmm. 40 to 45. I would probably would have guessed before today. Uh, and not that this tweet is the end all be all, but uh, at Jake Weingarten on Twitter says, uh, two guys I'm hearing that are potential board jumpers in tonight's draft. Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis and Missouri's Kobe Brown both have done well in the pre-draft process and are seen as guys who can rise this evening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know what, you know, I don't really know where the baseline would have been before the rise. I think what you were saying, like mid-second round, 40 to 45. I don't yeah. think there's any way he slips into the first round or anything like that. Um, I just think that generally he's just a little bit m- too much of a tweener potentially to to be in the first round, um, just especially like defensively. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be. I don't think he'll go past the middle of the second. Um, I agree with you there. Uh, I forgot I need to give like five points to the Indiana Pacers in my 100. You have to fandom points. I need to. Okay. I need that they I, they've earned I need that. them to know that I'm I'm there for them. Okay. when they want to be serious about winning again which will be after maybe they draft kobe brown 32nd overall second pick of the second round they have three first round picks too i don't think they'll pick him in the first it could be maybe 29 though mm-hmm. very end of the first they have three round. first are they ready to be serious i mean if they're serious then package those picks to go get a star or something that's true. In NBA, you can just get like one good player on your team, and it like changes yeah. everything. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind uh, giving needing a reason to uh, turn on Indiana Pacers basketball. It was fun uh, in like 2013, 2014 with Paul George. Uh, yeah, give me give me a number thirty two pick, Kobe Brown to the Indiana Pacers. That would be awesome. Probably not gonna happen. Denver sitting there at forty. That Mizzou connection. Could happen. Yeah. I could see that. Michael Porter Jr. won a national championship. NBA championship? What did I say? National championship? It is. Yeah, I guess it is. But World championship, they call it, I think. Even international championship, yeah. Yeah. With uh, Denver Nuggets. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. Old news. Yeah, he played bad in the finals. We (laughs) talked about that. Uh, He's like barely even Mizzou made. Fake Mizzou made, some people say. I don't say it. Some people do. I that'd say be like a, that's that'd be a good like debate. I bet there'd be some strong feelings about that. Well, am I wrong that the strong feelings are probably only going to come from the not Mizzou made side? I, I'm saying Michael Porter Mizzou made because why not? But yeah, you're you're not like yeah, you're not like that. No. Like, I'm just not, like, yeah, what, let's just, okay. can we just give him that? That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It was fun for a while. He decided to come to Missouri. That is the important with thing. With the intention of playing. And it didn't work out. Yeah. Um. All right. Before we lose everybody, let's move on to football recruiting. Sounds good. Because that is a juicy topic. And uh, to set the stage here a little bit, uh, Missouri's 2024 class um, only has three commits as of right now. Uh, offensive lineman Ryan Jostis, tight end Whit Hafer, and quarterback Aiden Glover. So only two commits right now. It's a little worrisome. 
state of Missouri. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Three commits. It's uh, what did I say? Two. Three but commits. We, but it was two commits before, like last week. That's true. Uh, we swapped quarterbacks. Yeah, we did. And so the prospects in the state of Missouri are very good. Uh, it's an excellent in-state opportunity here. Yeah, it's super top-heavy class. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and this weekend, there is a recruiting event on campus. A lot of players are visiting. Unfortunately, though, it's been very quiet. No public information really about who's going to be attending. If it sounds like anybody's going to be, if they're expecting commits, yeah, it's been very quiet. Last yeah. this time last year, it was a very publicized the summit event that was happening mm-hmm. that we covered and talked about. They've done like night at the zoo in the yes. past and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been there's, like there's a handful of guys every year. They're like on commitment watch, all of that sort of thing. Not very much of that for little, this event to be happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like the one thing that I have seen about it on Twitter is they're kind of coining it like the like a gold rush or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. been a few graphics that have come out about like gold rush. So I guess they want just like I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be like the coaching staff's all I don't really know how you do gold rush without like a crowd. Yeah. Or whatever, but maybe this something about the the whole town of Columbia. Maybe they'll get to like take pictures with like big gold chains or something. There you go. Just gold themed everything. I don't know. Um so how we're going to go about this since we don't know exactly who's going to be there. Uh, there's maybe one or two guys that we know are in Columbia for the weekend, but we're just going to run through a good number of guys that Missouri is in on for 2024. Sort of if they, if there's any hints out there to Missouri's standing with some of these guys, um, sup, some of the big names, who else might be involved in their recruitment. And, uh, we'll mention if we know anything, uh, specific about anybody but uh kyle take it away give me any order you want to go in we'll talk about a few of these guys yeah um before we jump into the 2024 class um i did kind of want to mention a grad transfer um that missouri offered in the last few weeks Uh, his name is justin sambu and he's a uh, grad transfer defensive lineman from maine and i don't really know that much has come out uh other than that missouri offered him but I think that's a little telling because I think that he would be able to join the team immediately if he were to commit. So um, kind of a late uh, transfer uh, addition, but a little telling and something that isn't sh- isn't shocking whatsoever that Missouri is kind of just put some guys out there on the defensive line and kind of see what sticks. Obviously, we lost uh, Isaiah McGuire. We lost Coleman. So... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and we'll talk about that in the in the coming weeks for sure as we gear up for the season. But I think that was maybe a little bit telling there that Missouri's still looking for another body or two for the defensive line going into this season. Um, I'll mention on three recruiting uh, on their website they've got it basically fifty fifty between Mizzou and Mississippi State. Okay, for him. Okay. Um, all right. So like you mentioned, like uh, everything's pretty tight lipped right now. We don't really know um, exact visit dates for a lot of these guys but most of them have either visited at least once or have said they will visit in the future um, i would just kind of consider all of these guys that uh, are guys that missouri's in on and uh some of them i think are more likely to maybe join the class than others but we'll start at the top um and it's a guy that we do know for sure is on campus this weekend and that is five star defensive end 
Williams Winery. He posted a Instagram story or something of him uh, in his hotel room and it was covered in Mizzou stuff. So yeah. he's yeah, confirmed he he's in town. Exactly. Uh, so uh, Winery is the number three overall player in 2024. So we're talking about Luther Burden level recruit here. Yeah. Five-star guy. A uh, guy that would almost immediately be in like the top five players to ever commit to Mizzou yes. if, he, if he did that. <laughs> and in a position where um, it's a little bit of a premium position. So um, you know, I think some positions on the field are hard. It, like whenever you find a stud at defensive end, it just makes a huge difference. So um, uh, like Winnery is 6'6". He's super long. He's really athletic. Um, he's everything you want in a defensive end. Um, it's just going to be—it's going to be really, really hard for Missouri to hit, to have a shot here. I don't know that they really do have much of a shot, but he's playing nice at least, and he's taken a couple visits, and so he's given Missouri their chance to to give their pitch. That's for sure. But um, he will also uh, visit Georgia this weekend. So um, once he finishes up at Mizzou, he'll head to he'll head to Athens where I think is probably a little bit more likely for him to end up there. But you know, you never say never. Uh, yeah. 24 seven sports has Missouri in, uh, with four other schools as being, uh, warm. And so like they're in, in at least 24 seven sports believes that they're one of the top programs for, to land him. Uh, also on that list is Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, and obviously Georgia. And they uh, there's one prediction on 24-7 sports, one crystal ball prediction for Oklahoma so far. Okay. To some extent, do you just want all these types of guys to just end up at the same place? Do you, In some ways, do you just want them all to end up at Georgia and Alabama? <laughs> Maybe. It's uh, like all. It's like kind of destroying the sport. And also, I mean, that's a little strong. but But also, like, I don't want him to go to Oklahoma or something either like yeah. somebody that I feel like we're we have a shot at, at winning against year in and year out like I'd rather him just not go there uh I mean I don't have anything to argue against that it just seems like it's lose lose it's yeah. it's, it's not, good, not good no matter what is that too harsh that Georgia and Alabama are destroying the sport <laughs> uh that the argument can be made it's just like well, why just, even play the game they're almost. just taking advantage of uh the system that's in place. I suppose. Yeah, they're not doing anything wrong necessarily. <laughs> well, they probably are. Um, yeah, They're well, taking advantage of a system that's built for them to succeed yes. and probably cheating a little bit also. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Ryan Wingo. Uh, another just absolute stud, five-star guy uh, from St. Louis. And Without looking, would probably be a, a top 10 guy in the history of Mizzou football up there for sure um i think missouri's got a little bit better shot here i still don't know that it's that it's going to happen but um he's visited missouri so many times his brother uh played football at missouri in the in the drew lock era um there's definitely some family ties to missouri and seems like he's generally interested but uh you know georgia michigan texas uh there's more of the big schools involved for sure so um, but he, I believe uh, we've confirmed also that he's on campus this weekend. Ryan Wingo is incredible. I was watching some of his highlights and it's like, they're basically Luther Burden highlights, but Wingo is three inches taller. So it's, 
he is special. He yeah. has like the prototypical like number one wide receiver in, in the NFL type yeah. build and like athletic profile. Mm-hmm. There was you know clips of him taking a screen pass to the house, returning punts for touchdowns, and also just like going up and getting a ball in the end zone, coming down with it for a touchdown. Yeah, he's just a little bit everything. more of a speedster than Burden probably. Was would you say that's accurate? I mean, they're both fast enough for me. Yeah, and, that's kind of how his brother was. His brother was definitely was a speed guy, and he's, I mean, six two two oh five is what he's listed on twenty four seven Sports, and that's just ideal everything yeah. yeah i mean don't get me wrong luther burden is very fast and yeah. can can obviously uh play the vertical game but i think i kind of think that he's at his best and more of that kind of possession uh kind of slot yeah. role but yeah. yeah wingo is incredible uh it would be so awesome uh to land him yeah, but it's just gonna be it's gonna it would be make life fight. a lot easier for whoever the mizzou quarterback is for sure and you know on speaking of luther burden i think luther burden's nil stuff is really helpful though with missouri's pursuit of wingo i think that there's like hey this is real yeah this is somebody that's basically was in your shoes a couple years ago yeah it's worked out really well somebody who had a great freshman year and probably making a lot of money like with actual nil deals right like we're not just it's funnel- not hypothetical we're not just yeah. funneling money to, i mean maybe they, maybe they prefer that i don't know but he's <laughs> like actually getting some like kind of cool nil opportunities where he's like in advertising oh yeah and sure stuff like that big brands uh he just had the brand deal come out with emo's pizza yeah which is obviously a St. Louis brand, so yeah, uh, uh, Ryan Wingo is definitely gonna uh, be aware of that. Yeah, that's gotta be, that's the that's the best pitch that Missouri can give right now to Ryan Wingo. Uh, we need Luther Burden to add a clause in his NIL deals that um, if you do business with me, you can only do other business with Mizzou players. I or, I, yeah, R- I Ryan would, Wingo specifically. I would literally die if... <laughs> recruits. I would uh, not literally die if Ryan Wingo went to, like, Tennessee or Georgia and still got brand deals with, like, St. Louis companies. You know what, Cameron? That's not something I thought about until you said that. We got Surely th- not. That's what I'm saying. You, you need to get these things on paper. That would ruin that their, would awful. their chances of... I don't know. They, yeah, who's got the leverage him. in the situation? Yeah, exactly. Is it is Mizzou or is it the companies? Oof, I don't know. Ugh. All right. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to uh, to James Madison. He's a guy that we know for a fact visited two weeks ago. He took to Twitter after his visit mm-hmm. and was very vocal, uh, very, very, very pro Missouri. Um, but Madison is a six four, four star wide receiver. Uh, he's originally from Kansas City, but he is a- attending St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. So he isn't currently in Missouri, but kind of still maybe kind of a Missouri guy. Um, Father of the Constitution also. F- yes. Uh, really um, important legislation has, yeah, yeah. Uh, really. A, a, Historical, si- uh, historically significant. A political figure. Yes. Absolutely. Legislation. That was like my description of, uh, yeah. 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 Some of those big words. Um. <laughs> James Madison. James, <laughs> James Madison. He's um, in Florida now, right? Yeah. Florida State has offered him. Yes. But the, a lot of people would th- theorize that he might be a silent commit to Missouri. Um, he, I think he's um, announcing it that maybe that first week of July, maybe even on the 4th, I'm not sure. But um, 
I mean, w- that'd be fitting. If yeah. you look at his Twitter, it's like there's no way this guy isn't committed or isn't going to be soon because he was like recruiting other players yeah. to Missouri and stuff yeah. like that. So if that's really what happens, if that's really the case, that's going to be a fantastic pickup. Yeah, he's already doing the work. Yeah, he is. Um, let's see. Uh, another guy that Missouri's in on is Kavion Broussard. He's an uh, offensive tackle from Louisiana. Uh, I think Florida State and Mizzou are maybe the two players here. He's 6'6". Uh, that would be a great get. Anything else to add there? No. Uh, let's talk about Gavin Hoffman. He is a tight end from Blue Valley Northwest in Kansas. Uh, he is a Mizzou legacy. And I think Missouri offered him pretty early, but he really has kind of started getting a lot more attention. I think Iowa has been on him. Arizona State offer. Arizona State. Arkansas offer. So definitely garnering, garnering some uh, some regional attention for sure. Uh, Missouri already has a tight end in this class, uh, and that's Ryan Jostis. Or is it Whit Hafer? I get him confused. One of those guys is a tight end, but I don't think Missouri is necessarily too overwhelmed by either one of them so far. One's a tight end, one's an offensive lineman. Whithafer tight end. Okay. Um, I think Gavin Hoffman projects to be a little bit better receiving tight end probably. So I don't, I definitely think they'd take them both. Um, so that's a... Especially I, considering no tight end has done much in a little while. Yes. Keep bringing them in until somebody Keep does something. Keep bringing them in. Yeah, Missouri's tight ends since like Alberto have basically been nothing. Um, so that's I would, that's definitely a name to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, a, a guy I like quite a bit. All right, so we've got Dre Kirkpatrick. He's a defensive back, probably a safety from Alabama. Um, he's kind of an interesting guy because he's taken some visits to some really big schools. I'm not really sure exactly which offers are committable, but he's taken visits to Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, as well as Missouri. So Dre Kirk, Kirkpac- Kirkpatrick? Kirkpatrick. Dre Kirkpatrick is already a football player. Yes, he is. Uh, we got another James Madison situation here. This is Dre Kirkpatrick Jr., I'm guessing. Dre Kirkpatrick is in the NFL right now, is he not? I don't know. It sounds like you're onto something. Could a current NFL player already have a son that's going to college? Probably not. Maybe. Frank Gore. Maybe this guy's already out of the... He is a free agent, so you could say okay. retired. He's 33 years old, so yeah, I guess. Does that add up? Okay, 24-7 Sports, Dre Kirkpatrick Jr. Ha- yeah. So, so there's two of them. Yeah. One's a, one's they a, gotta be related. But yeah, this guy, they're both from Alabama. They're both from Alabama. Yeah, the older one went to Alabama. They gotta be related. They gotta be father and son. Wow. Do the math. Does that actually add up? Doesn't matter. It's close. It might be possible. So he could go to Alabama if he wants, I'm guessing. Regardless of Are you saying they're they're gonna honor the legacy no matter what? I think so. Absolutely. Okay. So seems unlikely then. But then if he comes to Mizzou, then we beat out Alabama for him. That's true. If he's like, Yeah, you could go to Alabama, but you're probably not gonna play, but you can be on the team because yeah of the legacy we could be looking at that yeah uh sorry carry on sorry that's fine that was it um jeremiah beasley so there's a little bit of common theme here i 
think I have like three different linebackers that I wrote down. May, at least at least two for sure. Um, it does seem like Missouri's kind of looking to restock on linebackers a little bit, and there's there's some impressive prospects here. Uh, Jeremiah Beasley, he's a four star linebacker from Belleville, Michigan. Uh, I do think it's going to be very tough to pull him out of Michigan. Uh, he does have an offer from them, so that's probably going to be the destination, but Missouri will still try their best. Uh, a guy that's probably a little bit a little bit uh, better chance of ending up at Missouri is Brian Huff. He's an outside linebacker from Jonesboro, Arkansas. He's a four-star, 6'3", long arms, uh, really athletic prospect uh, that I like a lot. I also, But I don't want to... I don't want to compliment him too much yet because I think he could probably end up at Arkansas. He does have a crystal ball prediction to Arkansas. It does seem like a Missouri-Arkansas battle probably for Brian Huff. So hey, even if so he doesn't... either going to love him or hate him. Basically, mm. yeah. So I don't want to say anything, you know, I, I don't want this to be like a Connor Vanover situation where, you know, there might be some some bad stuff out there. You know, but <laughs> you might have some takes that you have to walk back. Yeah. Um. So those are two pretty impressive linebacker prospects. Unfortunately, I don't know that Missouri will land either of them, but clearly that's uh, that is a type of recruit that they're going after right now. Uh, Cole McConathy is a six-five defensive end from Alabama. Uh, I believe that both rivals and twenty-four-seven like him to Missouri at the moment, at least. So I think he, like, like I said, a lot of these guys are either visiting this weekend or have visited recently. So Missouri's very involved. A guy you mentioned was Johan Cardenas mm-hmm. from Houston, Texas as a running back. Crystal ball to Texas Tech, but uh, 24-7 sports uh, thinks Missouri's in on him and there's some mutual interest there. Okay. Keep in mind, these are all just, all just names to kind of Get familiarize yourself with. They might end up being something. They might. You might never hear about him again. Very speculative at this point. Okay, here's another linebacker. Justin Logan is an inside linebacker from Georgia. Um, I don't know if Georgia is on him currently, but I think he is a four star prospect. Um, either way, Chad Bailey is graduating this year. Even if like he, I think he is in his final year, no matter what. Um, so. Looking to restock there. Joseph Dodds is a running back from Texas. Looks like a three-team race with Baylor, Missouri, and Texas Tech. And I think that's all I got. I think that's all the names that I wrote down. Did you mention Kenyon Kelly? No, I did not. Uh, Shoot, I had it here. He is a safety out of Denison, Texas. Kind of interesting thing here. Uh, Crystal Ball is to... University of Texas, San Antonio, but he has an offer from Missouri and Arkansas. He is scheduled to commit to, or scheduled to commit uh, July 2nd. And uh, that's just kind of an interesting one there. Like um, Texas, San Antonio or SEC team. Yeah. It's like, we definitely get to that point in the recruiting cycle where it's like, you know, Missouri's looking to kind of round out the class or whatever, and they're looking at guys, those kind of lower tier prospects, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. that they're um, that they think are be- are underrated. Uh, looking for those diamonds in the rough. This is, seems like one of those kind of situations where is he a take right now? Do they feel that strongly, and why has nobody else figured it out yet? Yeah. 
Okay, so there was there's a lot of names there to uh, maybe look up and uh, start to familiarize yourself with. Uh, a lot of defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't blame them there. Um, it. I got to mention, though, just looking at this state of Missouri ranking on 24-7 sports, I'm just to run you through so like the top five right now. Uh, Waneri, crystal ball to Oklahoma. Wingo, crystal ball to Georgia. And also Tennessee fans like where they are with him. And plenty of Mizzou fans. I mean, I kind of like where Mizzou is for Wingo, honestly. So that's a tricky one. But uh, number three player in the state, Jaden Riddell, a tight end, already committed to Georgia. Uh, number four player in the state, Jeremiah McClellan, uh, crystal ball to Ohio State. I don't think he has any interest in coming to Mizzou. Uh, number five player in the state, Andrew Sprague, just committed to Michigan recently. Number six player, Aeneas Williams, committed to Notre Dame. Number seven to UNLV. Number eight to Tennessee. And I'm going to stop there because this is not fun anymore. What uh, is Tion Gray? Is that the guy? Number 10 committed okay. to Oregon. Was committed to Missouri and yeah. flipped to Oregon fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the names that you just rattled off are obviously from out of state. Yeah. So there's some guys from out of state that are in that, you know, if you brought them over to the state of Missouri, they'd be right in there in that top 10 range yeah. uh, that Missouri's still in on. And it really, obviously, uh, follow me here for a sec. Going way back to like Gary Pinkle days, we're getting our guys that we need to get from the state of Missouri for the most part, hitting on some guys in state, but really just mining Texas for these overlooked, under recruited prospects that you can bring in and develop. And I got to say, it really seems like Drinkwitz is serious about making that a part of the plan. It's not Texas anymore. It's more the SEC footprint with like the Carolinas and Florida and Alabama. Uh, but I, I can't complain too much about the strategy. If this recruiting class is the worst yet, then obviously it's concerning that we didn't get a few more of these in-state guys. But if we're getting two maybe of the top 15, top 10 and supplementing with a handful of four-star guys from out of state, I can't complain because it's worked okay so far. Yeah. Um, that's an uphill climb that Missouri, what, whoever the coach is of Missouri football is going to have that challenge year in and year out. It's like rocket science. I don't understand it. It's, I don't, it's like we're just a kind of a fractured state where, I don't know, we just don't pull guys from the state of Missouri like it feels like we should. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason... The, the Missouri brand just, just doesn't quite have the influence that it feels like we should that maybe other states around us have. And, um, you know, both of our big cities are like on the borderlines of the east and west of our state. I don't know. It's just uh, geographically, it's interesting and it's a little bit of a fractured state. And so that leads to uh, challenges in recruiting. And I think it's always going to be that way. And um, like you said, th we just there's ways around it. It just makes things a little bit harder and so far you know coach Drinkwitz has shown that obviously he has a willingness to not leave any stones unturned and they've recruited really really well even when they have to look outside the the borders of Missouri and that's what they're going to obviously have to do again this year and already have started doing that but yeah pretty much almost everybody we talked about today um, is an out-of-state guy 
and you know it's only June, but typically you're you're putting in a lot of work in recruiting this time of year. So um, it's a little bit discouraging, but you know we'll just we'll see how it goes. And you know the, the, another thing that we're just gonna have to wait even longer on is how well it can drink which um, develop these guys because that was the thing with Pinkle was it just didn't seem to really matter yeah. who Couldn't they were. Couldn't deny that yeah. part of it. Yeah. It didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter where they came from, what their status was as a prospect. He was going to develop them. He was going to, you know, it took a little bit of time sometimes, but uh, you could not deny his uncanny ability to develop players. And I think we're per- perhaps a little bit yet to see that with with Drinkwitz. You know, I think we're, this, uh, this season obviously is a little bit of a culmination point where I think we're going to, really see how well these players have developed because I don't think you can keep using the you know the excuse that everybody's young and yeah. everybody is um is inexperienced because at this point I think some of these pretty good classes have had enough time yeah to prove themselves definitely yep so uh, as far as this weekend goes um like we're gonna get a commitment from somebody that we never heard of probably yeah, probably somebody we didn't even talk about yeah and then we're just gonna have to strap in and wait for some of these announcement dates to start popping up yeah because there's i mean like i said we've said this multiple times but there are much more there are many more visitors this weekend that we did not mention today that we just don't even know about at this Mm -hmm. point so uh very well could just be a a commitment or two or um you know in the following weeks or something um and we will we'll talk about it when it happens is james madison i can't remember did did you say he already has a date i think it's that first week of july okay just go ahead and bump that up a little bit. Let's go ahead and do it this week. Go weekend. ahead and just announce it now since you're fine. already committed. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that'd be that would be a weird one to uh to not get after all the Oh, that would be so bizarre. Stuff on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Go look at James Madison's Twitter. Yeah. Might have to scroll a little bit. <laughs> okay. Well, we talked about an, a lot of people there. Uh we'll follow up on all of them as their recruitments unfold. Anything else for the folks this week? I think that's it. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan. Tristan, this is for you. Wow. That was for Tristan. That was hot. Uh, ben Smith, Parker Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Cooper Boyer, thank you. Gentlemen, thank you very much. You can find this podcast on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. I took my glasses off for that. Yeah, you did. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>